We've got two different things that I'd like to talk about. Um, I don't know how you want to do this, uh, Daniel, because Steve was supposed to be doing this. Well, so one of the things to... that I'd love to talk to you about is more about Appendipity, because okay. Appendipity is one of the sponsors for International Podcast Day. Yep. So um, let me set up the situation here for everyone else. One of the very common questions people have when they're starting a podcast, besides what microphone do I get, is often, what WordPress theme should I get? I want to have a podcast site powered by WordPress. There are all of these themes out there, free themes, premium themes, good-looking themes, drop-dead ugly themes, <laughs> all of these themes out there. Which one should I get for my podcast? And I used to tell people, well, any WordPress theme will work because it's not really the theme that makes your site a podcast site. However, there is now a much better option and an option that does turn your WordPress website into a podcast website with some incredibly designed features specifically for podcasters that make it really easy for people to subscribe to the podcast, listen to the podcast, makes the website really attractive. And that is Appendipity Themes. And Joey Kissime is you. the creator of Appendipity and head over there. And Joey, you've done an amazing job with Thank Appendipity you. Themes. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'll get to a little bit why I created Appendipity. First, let's thank the sponsors. Yeah. Cause they've been, yeah. you know, amazing, including yours truly, uh, Appendipity. So let's start with the platinum sponsor, Podcasters Paradise. My man over there, uh, John Dumas and, and Kate Erickson. Gold sponsors, yours truly, Appendipity, Spreaker, who we just had on here before this call. And our silver sponsors, uh, Simple Podcast Press, Ringer, Scatter Radio, and the official streamer partner, Blab. I didn't see that one. So thank you all, guys. Seriously, sponsorship has been uh, one of the things that a lot of people rely on now to to get to get off their platform up and running. You know what I mean? Um, I've been sponsoring a, a lot lately, podcast shows, events, and you know, not only am I helping them out. Uh, by funding their event or whatever they got going, but also it's helping me out because it, it's allowing me to get in front of a new audience uh, that I would probably have never, you know, before. So I just want to do a real quick thing on that. And Daniel, I think it's screaming at someone over there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Appendipity, going back to that, man. Yeah. Um, we were the first ones to ever create a true podcast theme uh, and the only ones up until not too long ago, a few short months ago, where we had one mini, uh, you know, competition, which is not really competition. They just called it podcaster theme. It's not really a podcast theme. And then uh, another one, podcast websites by uh, my man, John Dumas and Mark Asquith, who was here earlier. But those aren't really competitors because they're on a, they're a totally different platform than what we are. Uh, we are WordPress themes. They are WordPress platform that they have, like, you know, all that stuff. Um, I don't know how you would call it. Yeah, uh, complete, done like for Like a self-hosting sort of hosting type of thing, thing I With guess. specific I things available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, basically we came up with the first ones, and we, we were the first ones. We had a lot to learn through. Uh, we had no one to model after, right, except with our own needs. So, basically, what Appendipity is today is based off of my own personal blog at IncomePress.com. It has all the features all the marketing features, podcasting features that I paid thousands for uh, throughout the years, and it's all standard in our themes. 
Um, and it's not just a podcasting platform. It's also a marketing platform because you got to remember, yes, we are podcasters, but number one, we are marketers because we have to market our podcast, right? So that's what our themes does for you. Uh, it allows you to, you know, market yeah, and uh, all of your uh, themes efficiently are and effectively. responsive design. So that means they work on mobile devices as well as desktop computers and work very well mm-hmm. at that. And <clears throat> You said that they were initially based off the theme for your own site, Incompress. What really inspired you to get into this business? Because now Appendipity yeah. makes themes only for podcasters. Well, at the beginning, before Appendipity, um, I would all, I'm, a, I'm a creator of things, right? I'm into software development, uh, you know, website development, uh, iPhone. I make iPhone games as well. And I always create something with the intention of, I always think about replacing my income when I was working at Walmart. Um, I made about twenty to 25000 a year there. So my, my thing for everything that I create is to replace that. So once I could make it to where it's twenty to twenty five a year, then I leave it alone. I automate it. I put, put it like on an evergreen system that I do, and that's it. I move on to the next thing. Well, when I remodeled um, Appendipity, and uh, with my then, uh, you know, worker uh, or employee now, my business partner, Ian, who should be here, um, Ian, who is now my business partner at Appendipity, I hired him to rebrand and redesign my site at Incompress with all the features that I pretty much Frankenstein into it, you know, that has worked for me throughout the years and still working for me to this day. And everyone was asking and raving about, oh my God, what plugin did you use? How did you do this feature? All that. So I said, you know what? I think it'd be cool to create some themes just to see if it's viable, see if people want it. And maybe I could turn it into a 20,000 a year product, right? Like I do with everything else. So initially the first set of themes for Rapidipity was called Incompressed Themes. That's how it started. I started with like five whatever designs um, with all the features that I had on my site built in. And then one of those themes were a, was a podcast theme. I called it the actual, you know, a podcast theme. The, and the intention was that was to model how iTunes worked. And before you know it, that was the only thing selling. And then, you know, at the end of the year, Appendipity was born. Uh, and then before you know it, we said, you know what, let's only focus on podcast themes. We're the only ones doing it. Let's, let's yeah, uh, run with it. A great job with each of those appendipity.com or we've got the link on the international podcast day website for our supporters. Let's definitely check that out. Um, so you <clears> would <throat> like to take this opportunity to uh, answer some questions, make this kind of an ask you anything sort of session, right? Yeah, but I don't see any, uh, um, I, I emailed my, there's Ian, my, uh, Let's see if I well, can bring here's what will work great for the community. If you have a question about, especially uh, if it's related to integrating our podcasting and WordPress. Yeah, if you, if you're if you're an appendipity if you're an appendipity user, a customer, or just a podcaster in general, and you want to ask anything about podcasting, appendipity, or anything about marketing, I've been at this for a while, so I, I pretty much you know I know what I'm doing. Hop on on call and, I'll, you know, we'll give you a, a two to five minute hot seat to ask one question and, and we'll answer. Ian, are you there, my man? Permissions. If you have a question, but you can't jump yes. into the seat, uh, then start your comment with slash a forward slash slash Q. And that marks it as a question. That way we can see those questions more easily. 
Yeah. Uh, Podcast Empower says, amazing how I could build a business around such a specific part. You know, guys, it's interesting. A lot of people don't know the beginnings uh, or like I heard Corbett Barr, who I'm a big fan of, of, of Think Tra- well, Fizzle right now. Um, he, he says the humble beginnings, you know, of a business. And, you know, at the beginning, like I said, I, I'm not a big fan of ni- of micro niching, if you guys know what that is. And I'm especially not a big fan of starting a new category. I did both with Appendipity. It sort of fell on my lap, to be honest. I had no idea it was going to reach the success that it did. And that it just keeps on skyrocketing, doubling every year. And, you know, I noticed that. And as a creator and as a, you know, a business guy, I noticed that trend. I said, you know, I got to start taking this a little bit more serious. And it wasn't until probably near, near a year later, after six months, that we actually said, let's turn this into something, name it something other than income press themes. And I was looking at the, I, I, back then I owned like over 400 domains. I know it's a disease. I'm sorry, guys. But I was looking at that one word, appendipity, which was for one of my iPhone businesses. It never took off. And then I said, okay, let's use that. It's the only thing that sticks out of, out of me out of the gazillions of domains that I got. And it became a thing. You know, now people hear that word, podcasters, and they know what it is. So, Can you hear me, Joey? Uh, Ian's got poor internet. Ian, what's up, my man? How much are you doing? Yes, what's up, brother? Hey, guys, this is Ian Belanger. I always screw up his last name. He's my business partner uh, with Appendipity. And I was just telling him how we started working with uh, Income Press and how that became, you know, just Income Press themes and then what is now Appendipity, you know? So... I see so a lot of guys here. Yeah, guys, if you These have some questions, questions you want to jump guys. on, come uh, on. This came from Sean Dent. He oh. said, new podcaster here. What features are a must in your website or blog? A, a must feature, in my honest opinion, is a call to action to to opt in somewhere. Um, our themes comes with a built-in you know, sign-up form. Uh, not a lot of themes have that. You have to use other plugins and stuff. Or if you got like lead pages, use that. But that's probably the must. Um, that's the only thing really out of everything that I've done up to this point. I don't regret anything I've done. Uh, I wouldn't change much of anything. But the only thing I would take with me if I could was that I would start building an audience on some type of platform. Um, and if you're into podcasting, then you need an, 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 a theme that already has a built-in player like ours. Or use a plugin like Simple Podcast Press, who has a, a, a you know a built-in uh, player, uh, PowerPress, Spreaker, Libsyn, something like that. Uh, like I think uh, Daniel, I always think of him yeah, that he coined visit this website. Like, uh, you said press play. Visit it the site and play. How was it? Press play. Like that's what you want people to do when you get into your site. Visit website and and press play. Those are the two essentials. Other than that, the rest of it really, I wouldn't worry too much about, especially design and all that stuff. And I could go on and on about that because, I mean, many there successes out there started with do, uh, like You might stuff. be tempted to stuff all of the stuff in your sidebar, like your social follow links or uh, your Facebook little widget, your like box or some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But what uh, <clears throat> Joey's saying here, that call to action, you really want to focus on that. 
and all of this other stuff could distract from that. And also a lot of other things, a lot of additional plugins and widgets and all of that stuff can slow down your website too. Do you really want to focus on getting people to take the actions yes. you want them to take? And, 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 and to, to hit on that guys, uh, slowing your site down. That's why our themes are so powerful because we built it with the intention that for you to delete a lot of your plugins. When Ian uh, designed and developed my theme at Incompress, I literally went from like, what was it, Ian, from like 40 or 50? For, oh, sorry. Yeah, plugins. it was way too many. I'm, I, I, I don't got the cleanest of mouth, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, about 40 plugins, over 40 plugins down to like less than a dozen. So there's Craig Carpenter right there. I don't know uh, how to get this on. But we went to like less than a dozen plugins. Immediately, my site sped up quick, and that's what we did with Appendipity. Hey, how's it going? And another guys? thing, when creating your platform, what's up, Craig? Uh, building your audience. Guys, this is the best tip I could give you. Daniel said, you know, Twitters and like pages and all that stuff. Focus on one. If you can't afford to get like an autoresponder service like Aweber or something like that, that's perfectly fine. Okay? That way, you'll create the following there, and when you are ready to build that audience on your own list, then you submit it to the, hey, guys, I just got this. Sign up for my newsletter. The important thing is to build them somewhere and focus on just one. Okay, guys, it's hard enough when you're starting out to focus on just your damn website and your freaking podcast. Now you got to worry about all these dozens of, of social sites. Pick one social site, the one that you're most comfortable with, the one that you know best, and stick with that for a few months. Build that audience there and then expand. Okay, Craig, what's up, my man? Hey, how you doing, how man? How you doing? I just uh, I wanted to jump in and echo what you said. Um, for those that don't know me, I ran a podcast, um, which I currently am not running anymore. But um, I would say that the number one thing, I was trying to answer a few questions in the sidebar, and I was, like, getting lazy, <laughs> not typing, so I thought I'd jump in. Um, the number one thing that I noticed was exactly what you said, is having a call to action, but giving them something of value to bring them into your list. I, I was not very good at actually building a list. I just felt, I don't know, somewhere in my mind, I was like, if I add enough content that is valuable enough, then the people just automatically sign up for my list. So I think that one of the things that I made a misstep in is making sure that I collected those emails. And a lot of people say, you know, the, the email list is the most important thing. I would say that creating something that your audience wants in addition to your podcast, or maybe you, you know, create your show notes and turn that into a PDF or something like that, give them something of value to get them in the list. Because sometimes if they're a new listener, ha having the value of them just listening to the show may not be enough to get them to want to sign up for your list. So if you can give them exactly. some sort of a, a PDF or, or something of value, even if it's resources or, or you know, some sort of a, a story or extension of your show notes, what I would suggest and, you know, is to take that content and kind of lock some of it down. And if they, if they get a taste of your show, have that call to action at the end of the show and then say, you know, bring that, that to them. <clears throat> Sorry, I can't talk. Bring them in through that, you know, value that you're adding. And here's the thing, guys, and I, I've been preaching this forever and a day. An email list is not the only way to build a subscribers list, okay? Um, building an audience and a subscribers list 
on their preferred platform is probably the best. When I started building a list, quote unquote, it was on YouTube because that's all I did. That's before I had a blog, before I had anything, right? It was on YouTube. I used to do everything on YouTube and promote everything on YouTube and, and everything YouTube. So all of my subscribers were there. It was when I wanted to promote something, I would create a video, send it to there. As long as you have a way to contact them, you know, then I think that's the important part. Um, when I did have a site going and I built my first site and I got, I learned about Aweber at the time who was the leading autoresponder, right? And the biggest one back then, um, you know, I built the list pretty fast, not huge, but I went from there and say, Hey guys, I got this now. Come on and sign up here. So, you, you know, I know it's, 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 it's kind of uh, intimidating to like, build a list right off the bat and, and serve them content when you ain't got no content to serve. Okay. Cause I will tell you right now, if you built that list, they captured an email and you don't send them an email to like, I don't know, two, three months later, they're going to forget about you. You're going to be like, who the hell is this? And, and hit on, hit that spam button. And, and that's what you don't want. So if you're not ready for that, build it, build that, pla- uh, build that audience on, a, on their preferred platform and wherever they met that, that may be Twitter, Facebook or, or whatever. So, but yeah, thanks for that, uh, Craig. Um, Ian, you still there? Yep. Yeah, I want to get some uh, some some uh, app themers. Are any people using App Indipity here? If you want to hop on, let me know, and and we'll 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 squeeze you in. Oh, Greg got out. Greg, oh, I didn't mean to kick you out. Thank you, Craig, for coming on in. <laughs> hey, Craig is the founder of Replay, guys. A pretty badass software there. So I just wanted to plug them in real quick. Um, Daniel, any other questions from my Yeah, we've got some others here. Uh, okay. One kind of a follow-up to the list idea. It's uh, from a different Craig. This time it's Craig Wheeland asking, what's the danger of them signing up for the list just because they want a freebie? Isn't it better if they join organically because they like your podcast? Yeah, um, and that's the thing, guys. A lot of people will sign up just to see what's on the other side of the offense. That's it. Um, and there's a process to eliminate in that and or a filtering process that I personally use. And here's the rule of thumb. The more fields that you add to your opt-in form, right, or your sign-up form, uh, the more it'll filter uh, the quality of that lead. You'll get less leads the more fields you have, but those will be the uh, higher quality. So, for example, if you just collect email, anyone could put any old email in there. But when you start collecting first name and email, then you'll, you know, people are lazy. They don't want to put in their first names, you know, so that's the process I use. Um, but you're, you're not going to stop that. You, you can't worry about those little things. You really just can't. You're just going to, that's one thing you're just going to have to learn to deal with. Um, but what I do is I do a two-step filtering process. One, I add the name field to go ahead and, you know, pr- uh, as a filtering process to, increase the quality of that lead. And also I make them double opting. They have to confirm the very next page that they see. It's me saying, Hey, thank you for opting in. You have to subscribe just to make sure, you know, no one, you know, secretly put in your email here. I put in some kind of joke like that. But the thing is that I'm increasing the quality of the lead. If they actually take the time to go in there and, you know, confirm their subscription, then that's the type of lead I want. So you got to figure out what type of lead you want. Uh, but at the end of the day, either way, no matter how many 
fields you have, you are going to have those guys who are just going to sign up just for that. So that, just out of sight, out of mind, deal with it. Uh, that's my advice for that. The less you got to deal with guys and worry about, the better. Worry about the stuff that are important. Gotham TV podcast wanted to know, can you talk about category podcasting? It's something that we'd be really interested in using, but don't understand well enough. Category podcasting, as far as putting your con- your podcast on a certain category? Uh, they might be talking about the PowerPress feature, which I can take this question if you'd uh, you, like. Yeah, to. take that, take that uh, for me, please. Um, most likely, and please clarify in the chat, um, Gotham TV, if, if this is different, but most people will consider category podcasting as a feature inside of PowerPress, which is a podcasting plugin for WordPress, because they want to run multiple podcasts from the same website. If it's different for you, Gotham, uh, let me know in the chat. But um, because that's the reason most people want to do it, they're essentially wanting to run multiple podcasts, maybe for different reasons, maybe uh, similar shows, whatever the case Category podcasting really isn't the best way to do that. Uh, yes, you can organize your posts into categories and organize your episodes into separate categories. Categories help you organize your site really well. But for creating the RSS feed, I really recommend that you use PowerPress's custom channels features uh, because the custom channel allows you to do a little bit more than categories let you do. Like with the custom channel, you can set... Uh, to use the feed episode maximizer, feed item maximizer, which allows you to fit more episodes in your RSS feed without making that RSS feed really big. And there's some other cool things that you can only do with channel feeds, but you can't do with category feeds, like certain stats tracking things you might do and such. So if you want to run multiple podcasts from the same website, use channels instead of podcasts or instead of categories. There's really absolutely no reason to use a category feed from PowerPress almost ever. Uh, Very few reasons, but for most people, you don't need it. Especially if you're starting with one podcast, don't use slash category name slash feed. Use slash feed slash podcast. That's the default feed that comes from PowerPress for your podcast. Excellent. That's awesome. Um, I, I don't worry too much about categories, to be honest. I just go ahead and whatever category that I'm in, I just go for that, and I don't do any shenanigans as far as trying to game the system. Uh, you're just going to get caught, or some algorithm is going to come out sooner or later. Um, there's a great question by two guys that I, I would like to answer, and then I want to get with Ian. Ian, you still there? It says poor internet signal, but can you hear fine? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, I'd like to ask you a few questions about about you know when people hire you, because I think that's important for new people who want to hire uh, software developers or outsourcers and they don't know what to, what to ask or something. So maybe by me asking you those stuff, you could, uh, it'll help answer some of those, but I want to get with these guys. Oh, Marlene green. Uh, he says, if I'm trying to grow an audience, should I aim to be on a lot of platforms like Stitcher, SoundCloud, you know, yada, 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 or should I focus on one platform? I love that question here, guys. You always, want to like that Pat Flynn quote, be everywhere. Right. But here's the thing, focus on one. So I would, yes, put it all over as many places as you can, like Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, as many places as you can, but focus on one. For example, iTunes is the Mac daddy of them all. So throughout your show, when you're telling people to subscribe, to review, don't tell them 
go to Stitcher, go to, you know, all these places and do the same thing. Focus on that one. Go to iTunes and, you know, you hit review and, and whatever, okay? Focus on that one thing that you're going to talk about, okay? You don't want people are lazy in the Internet. They don't want to go to all these different places, okay? If they're already on Stitcher, that's their preferred platform. They're going to do it for you anyways. They're going to review and rate it for you. So I would, yes, definitely go all over the place, but focused on the one that you're going to promote, okay? Uh, and pick anyone, uh, you know, uh, whether it be SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you want, okay? The second question I want to answer is the Mansion T Mansion Twit. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he says, I get nervous when there there's an update in case of messing things up. I'm holding off to Genesis 2.2.2.2.2.2.2. Okay, yes, I get nervous too, man. Uh, there's just nothing you can do about it. Um, the What I would do or what I do personally um, is I hold off for maybe a week or two weeks unless it's something drastic and they'll let you know, hey, update now. But I would hold off because a lot of times they'll update and that update will screw something up. And then they will say, okay, oops, don't update. But then you've already updated, right? Um, but be- point. iOS yeah. 9. Yeah, but before you update, you should always back up your site. That's yeah. one thing. So if something does get screwed up, you could go back and revert to that last, uh, that last thing. So always do that. Is there huh? a particular method that you recommend for backing up? I I do I use the one that my hosting does. Bluehost did it for me. I think I had to pay extra for a daily thing. Uh, but and then now I use WP Engine, which does it every day, multiple times a day, and that's all included. Now, if you have a platform like WP Engine, WP Engine has this thing called a staging site, which you can take an exact replica and duplicate. Of your site, at it, its moment, it's almost sort of like a backup. You just hit a staging, duplicate staging. It does it for you in seconds. And then what you do is in that staging, you log into that one, and you do all the updating there. And if everything's good, then you know it's safe. If it's not good, then you know not, not to update it. And that's what I do with that. However, I still do have sites on Bluehost, and I always wait like two, three weeks there, sometimes even a month before I update just because of that. And if it goes after that, I always, 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 before updating, I wait till they actually update because I think for me is at 4 a.m. So I'll take it that next morning. I'll make it a task to update everything. And then if something screws up, I'll just revert back to it. So any more questions there? Um, maybe this would be a good question for Ian. Yeah. Uh, Mark Deal asked, how does your themes, how do your themes work with the WPMU dev plugins? Uh, their whole suite of plugins that WPMU Dev makes. I, I mean, they should work fine with those plugins. I have not tested. Um, I don't think I've tested any of them with them. But I mean, we're all the code is you know basically right from WordPress. Um, so you know they should work fine. If what I always tell any of our members is if they do find a bug with a plugin, let let us know. And, you know, we will make sure that it is compatible with that plugin. Um, I know for as far as like membership plugins, because I saw he mentioned uh, one of their membership plugins. We we do work well with member mouse, wish list. Um, what's another one, Joey? I know there's another plugin that uh, we've tested with it. I can't remember right now off the top of my head, but those are the two that we personally use. So I know that our themes are appendipity, so they work well with those. 
Um, I don't know any other ones uh, as of yet right now. Um, but going back to what Ian said about the plugin, we we don't support third-party plugins unless they're well reputable and the coder themselves they consistently updated themselves. Like we work closely with like you know Hanimora from Singapore Podcast Press. We're working now with Clamor. Uh, you know, we work with, with some uh, PowerPress just to make sure our themes are 100%. There's other plugins out there that are just so old. There's, they haven't been updated in over two years or, or even longer. We can't support those type of plugins. And we do have, like, the latest one, like Jetpack. God, that's been causing so much trouble, man. And, you know, we just there's, – there's, there's, a, there's a certain point where we got to say, okay – we can't support this. We can't support that. We got to pick and choose. And for a lot of you guys, um, if someone was just coming in, if you want to come in, guys, anyone who wants to come in and ask a question, put you in a five-minute hot seat. Yeah, um, let me let me say that WPMU, I mean, they're great, very well-reputable developers. So I would say that there probably won't be any problems yeah. with our themes to their plugins because they, you know, they're, they're very good at what they do. So. One thing uh, to watch for is appendipity themes are based on Genesis themes. So mm-hmm. if you can find out if the plugin works with a Genesis or Studio Press theme, then it most likely works with appendipity themes as well. Um, to a point, to a point. Our our themes are way more advanced than any of the Studio Press themes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We go above and beyond, you know, what they do. So yes, to a point, that should tell you if there is a problem, but. I, I won't say that for a fact. Yeah, and that's not to knock on their themes because they got some badass developers. We we built our themes using their Genesis framework, which is the parent theme. It's totally separate from their child themes. The The thing is that our themes has so much built into it as far as features, what we call appendipity signature features that allows you to take the full market and potential into that theme. Features that would literally... You have to. I paid. I personally paid thousands of dollars to to have done on my themes. You know, so there's certain algorithms that that I I don't know if I came up with, but I'm the only one that uses it in that way. That allows you to really uh, manipulate the theme and the content in certain ways. That will, if, for example, the related post content. I don't think anyone uses it the way do we do it. Um, there was a question here from Ford Joe Taylor. Hey, Joey, DJ Daniel J. Lewis. I'm looking for a good scrolling image plugin or theme feature that will link to an episode feature that guests. I don't understand that one. Um, I'm I'm assuming like a, I think what you mean, the only, I think what you mean is a a feature that like you could scroll through the list of uh, of podcast episodes. The only one that I know of right now that does that is Pat Flynn's smart podcast player. Because he has what I call the library feature, which has the list of things, and you could scroll up and down like that, or it has pages. And we infused our our themes. We actually created our own little template for that, that allows you to do that more efficiently than than what they do it. And you could only get that feature with Appendipity, unless someone else knocks it off. Another thing is with our own features, we have a feature called uh, the most popular widget, which allows you to po- pasting. In any order, uh, the you know the episodes or randomize it, which is another cool feature that that Ian came up with. Um, 
All right. Any, I'm, these are going by too quick. Are you going? Are you going through those? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on these. Okay. Uh, any other questions? The questions tab that we can uh, switch to if necessary. Um, the one other thing I think he might be referring to is what's sometimes called a carousel plugin or something like that, where the images will fade from one to the other, or they'll slide from one to the other, or scroll one to the other. Um, there might be some out there, but um, I come from a web design background too, and I've found that. Anything like that, where it's a slideshow plugin, something like that, unless someone is specifically going to watch a slideshow, usually they don't. So whatever is on yeah. your second or third slide won't be seen by them. It, it think of, yeah, and that's so totally true. Think of Google. When people search, they may go to the second page. The third page ever gets seen. Fourth and fifth, I mean, forget about it. I've never been a big fan of that. I think it it, it really messes with your with the user experience. And like Daniel says, visit site and press play. And you're just deterring from that. You know what I mean? So you want people to get hooked on your, on your podcast. That's the main thing. If they love your content, they're going to subscribe. You know what I mean? Plain and simple. Um, so uh, next question, bootstrap is a great way to build responsive themes. However, there are probably more options to do so, but building one theme in a platform. Okay. That wasn't, Here's uh, Mansion Twitter, or that's uh, Craig, asked, uh, he said, I love my Podcaster Pro theme, but would like some more flexibility slash personal branding. Is this coming, Joey? Well, who said that, Craig? Uh, that was Craig Wheeland, yeah. Well, I mean, right now, the way we've we spent the entire last year building the theme, a framework that's uh, that allows you to do that, um, you're never going to get 100% uh, customizable on a theme. Uh, because, you know, our themes come almost like a prepackaged, out-of-the-box type of thing. But there's a lot more than you can do with it. Like, we've added the features of the custom header. We've added features where you could move things up and down, like the main player from the top to the bottom. Uh, little things like that that you can do. Like, literally 100 people could have the Marin theme, and every single one of those could look different. You know, we added the ability for you to change colors. We have the entire Google font library. You could change the font sizes. You could change, I mean, all kinds of stuff without coding. It's all like dumbified for me, to be honest, right? Because I don't know any coding at all. So when I, you know, give this stuff to Ian, I say, all right, I want this button to do that and call it this. And he goes ahead and does it, you know? So our themes pretty much, I mean, if you look at, um, I don't know. If you look at, uh, at the Podcast Pro, that's probably the only one that I actually took the time to do all different kinds of stuff. I should do them with all. But the Podcast Pro theme, if you go to that themes uh, page, uh, the, the website, you'll see that I have one that's for simplified. I have one for video. I have one all mapped out, and they all look individually different, you know? So, you know, as far as customizable and branding, yes, the options there, mostly what people do with branding is put a big old image at the very top. And you could do that with our themes by using the custom header. I wish we could do screen share here, but I don't know how to do it and I don't want to learn how to do it because it'll take too much time. But you can definitely do that. And um, and now with our new theme, I should talk about that with uh, engine theme. That's going to be our biggest, most robust theme that we've ever created only because it's a true marketing engine. That's why we called it the engine theme. Um, Cause that one's gonna, I mean, if you want to take a taste of that, a look of that, go to mobilemarketingengine.com. That's uh, Greg Hickman. Look at his site. Cause that's the exact theme that we're doing. 
uh, we're going to release here tomorrow, actually, right? Tomorrow or Thursday? Thursday. All right. Uh, more questions? Yeah. A question from Goo Event. Which WordPress plugins for podcasting? Uh, and and besides PowerPress, since that's probably the one most of us would recommend. That's, what, my question is so broad. Uh, yeah. Well, think about that. You know, I'll maybe focus it in a little bit. For someone who wants to have a successful podcast, what plugins would you recommend they consider to improve their podcast website after they've already got PowerPress and they already have an Appendipity theme? What else would you recommend to build on top of that? I mean, our themes, I hate to sound, to sound biased here, but you don't need any plugins with our themes because it has everything in there. You really don't even need PowerPress unless you use PowerPress for the RSS, which I highly recommend. You know, up until our themes came along, you needed plugins like PowerPress and all these for the player because WordPress did not have that options and no theme out there had it. So to be honest, there's really no plugins that you need. Uh, you look at our, uh, my theme is an appendipity theme and I have probably about 12 uh, plugins. I mean, I could go in there, log in right now and, sh- and, and tell you the essentials, but to take your podcast into the next level, guys, here's the thing with, with taking your thing, forget podcasting. Okay. Cause this applies to everything that you're doing. Podcasting is just another medium. Okay. To take your thing to the next level, you got to be able to be wow. You have that that wow factor. You have to have the capabilities to build an audience on some type of platform. Okay, figure out what it is that they want and then give it to them. Okay, and if they like it, they're gonna tell you what to add and what to take away and what they want more of. And then you could package it and create it package it up really nice, and then sell it to them, okay? Uh, you, you really shouldn't worry about the cosmetics. You take, you take people like Google, Amazon. If you look at their humble beginnings at the very, very beginning, man, their website looked like shit, okay? Horrible. Take a guy like John Dumas, who we all relate to, eofire.com, right? His site for the first year and a half was so fugly, so Frankenstein. He wasn't worried about it. It wasn't until he was way into profit mode, okay, all of these companies, that they actually updated their and rebranded. And they're still, guess what? They're still rebranding. John Dumas, every time I go to his site, it's always different. You know what I mean? So I, I honestly couldn't tell you any specific plugins because, I, I, you know, there, there's – I don't use any of those. I mean, if you have anything to add to that, uh, you know, but – you know, well, um, Hanny Mora's plugin, Simple Podcast Press, and which is a sponsor for mm-hmm. International Podcast Day. That's a great plugin to use because it expands on the player, gives you a bit more features for the player, like being able to bookmark or uh, hyperlink to a specific portion of your audio and some other cool things. And many of the Appendipity themes play well with that. Yeah, I would I'll- also recommend um, something like Pretty Link Lite or Pretty Link Pro to be okay. able to create easy links on your site like yeah. you have your own slash itunes or slash amazon or slash book or slash movie or whatever that then redirects to something else that you sell or just something you want people to be able to get to very yeah. easily okay so piggybacking on that because that opened up uh, you know part of my brain has shut down forever um probably what you want to look for as far as as plugins or tools is productivity hacks uh like like he says simple podcast press 
The only feature I love about Simple Podcast Express is the automation part because it allows you to automate your podcast where you don't, you know, you upload it to Libsyn and it auto publish it to your blog or to your WordPress. And it, and we've worked together for like the last year, almost a year, making sure that's flawlessly. And we have themes right now, appendipity themes that are a true automated engine because of that. So to get the, you know, keeping from uploading here, putting the content here and here, something like that, pretty links, Guys, I see this a lot where, you know, you hear on the, on the episode, hey, guys, go to your, yourdomain.com slash 51, right, for the show notes. Well, these guys actually put that 51 on, their, on their, their extension. That's the wrong thing to do, guys. You need to utilize that space for SEO purposes, okay? So whatever, you know, thing you have to do there on that, you know, yourdomain.com slash blab slash whatever, keep that there. And then pretty links, it'll allow you to take that long, ugly domain, put it there, and then add the 51. And then you'll be able to tell people, hey, go to yourdomain.com slash 51, and that's what pretty links is for, you know? So um, any other questions? Uh, not that I'm seeing. I'm checking back through. What's coming next for Appendipity? Um, well, we've been really working hard with uh, Engine Theme, so that's going to launch tomorrow or I can't remember, October 1st. I can't remember what. October yeah, 1st is tomorrow. Launch, tomorrow, right? So that's next. But our biggest thing that we're really going to work on, especially for next year, is we're going to open up the marketplace. We're going to do something similar like uh, what Lead Pages is doing, where you get designers and people submitting their designs. And if they get approved, we'll cut them up, we'll slice them up, put our framework in there, and then put it out there in the market. And then we'll, you know, we'll divvy up the, the whatever. So, um, you know, give us a thing there to, to expand on, on themes. <clears throat> How about this? Uh, clearly misunderstood said, I want my podcast to become a business, but I can't yeah. seem to get my listeners. Did you already answer this one? I don't know. Uh, okay. I can't seem to get my listeners past 150. I'm on three platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher as quote, clearly misunderstood unquote. What are a few things that I should do to expand my audience? Okay, um, here's a cool little tool that w- also we've been working with uh, uh, these guys, Clamor, uh, Parvis from Clamor.com, uh, C-L-A-M-M-R.com. And that tool is basically allows you to, to um, how do you call it, to take like a short snippet, like 18 seconds of your podcast and make it shareable, right? And only that, like the best parts of that. So we've been split testing that. Our customers have been split testing that. And they've actually seen an increase in shareables and downloads, which means they're, they're reaching more of an audience, right? So that's one way to do it. Tell people to start, you know, to clamor your own episodes, the best parts of it, and share it so people could go ahead and share it. Another way is, is basically the same old, well, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record like what everyone else to, but ask them to share it and, and to spread the word about your show. You know what I mean? Little things like that will help. Um, I like to use bribes in my podcast show. Um, I always have some type of giveaway or something uh, at the, you know, and I tell them, hey, to get this, go ahead and go to, you know, episode 51 or whatever and to get the show notes and download this stuff. And then there I'll have more call to actions to share. But, um, you know, to to build that audience, you know, you just got to ask them and there's no other way to do it but to ask them. And I don't know. I don't know if that's what you want to hear, but 
You know what I mean? That's really that's how I did it. You know what I mean? And if, and if it's really really good, you know, um, they'll they'll share it. Yeah, get people, get other people talking about your show, and so leverage what audience you have, even if it's a small audience. Get them talking about you. Don't say the best thing that they can do is to review you in iTunes. The best thing they can do to help you is to tell someone else about the podcast. Get yeah. someone else listening with them. You know, uh, I could share one real quick thing. I'll spend five minutes on is on, on a tactic that I use to build my audience even bigger at Incopress for Incopress, uh, my Incopress podcast is that instead of focusing on trying to interview people just for the sake of interviewing them, for the sake of them having a big name, okay, focus on that, uh, uh, on that, that guest, right, that has an audience that you already want. Right. So what I did with mine is I only went after the guests that has an audience that I wanted. I didn't give a damn if they were like a, an A-lister, B-lister or C-lister. They had some type of audience and it was the audience that 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 I wanted that was highly related to what I was doing. OK, I wanted him on my show. All right. That way, because those listeners will you know, Google interview with so-and-so. And here's the thing, right? When I know a lot of people tell you this and it's the worst advice that they could give you is asking your guests to share your stuff. Man, that is the worst thing you can do, man. Do this. And this is what I've done and it works. Okay. You can steal this from me. I'm telling you, it works. Is when your show is live, email them and say, Hey, Daniel, uh, the show just went live. Can you check it out? To make sure that everything's good, the picture is good. If you want me to change anything, let me know before I mail it out to my list or share it with my audience. You would not believe the amount of times that the guest actually came back, emailed me saying, "Hey, you, Stu McLaren from Wishlist, the ex-founder, he, he sold a, his part of business, but he was one of the co-founders of Wishlist." Remember, he actually emailed me back saying, "Hey, sh- uh, use this image and make sure you put you capitalize the L in Wishlist." Because that's the company brand, right? I did. After that, he went and said, thanks a lot. And guess what he did? He shared it with his entire list. And that wasn't the first time that happened. Many guests have done that. You know, so that's just a loophole, okay? Call it dirty. Call it whatever you want. I actually want you, as the, if Daniel, if you don't like that picture I chose, tell me. I'll change it, you know? Because a lot of times there's not too many options out there. If there's something that I I misspelled or misquoted, I want you to let me know because I want the right stuff out there. So that's those are little strategies that I use to build my audience, and to, you know, till this day, you know, it, it works. Anything else? Um, let's see here. Oh, adding on to that, uh, I think that trying to find your target audience is also good. Hang out in groups, not going there only to promote your podcast, but get to know other people. And then when it's relevant, you could mention your podcast. So start and join conversations. Don't make it all about you. Exactly. Don't make it all about you. Make it uh, about them. And here's the thing, guys, when you're interviewing, I like to mix my shows you know, solos and interviews. When you're interviewing people, man, stop rehashing the same old questions that other people are doing. You know, that's why that's why people are saying no a lot more. I'm personally saying no a lot more because of that. Because when I get there, and the first two or three questions are the exact same questions that this other guy asked me. Come on, okay. 
Here's a little tip, right? And I take this from an interview that I did with Chase Reeves of Fizzle, uh, one of the Fizzle guys at Fizzle.cult, right? He says, you know, stop being the expert and become the apprentice, meaning put yourself as the apprentice, as a guy asking questions. This is what I did with my podcast show. I interviewed experts who were experts at things that I wasn't. Right. So it put me in a position to really want to learn and ask them questions as if I was paying them. Okay. I'm interviewing them. They're going to answer my, the questions just the same way that I were to pay them for a one on one session. So I became the apprentice. I started asking questions as if my listeners were there asking them. You know, till I mean, just the other day, two days ago, I got an email and I get this all the time that, you know, interviews like with Gary Vaynerchuk, the guy said that was the best interview on Gary Vaynerchuk that they've heard. Why? Because I didn't ask the same damn question. I became the apprentice. I wanted to know why. What's the difference between his other books and this new book that he's promoting? You know, is it a mixture of all of them? Middle questions like that was interesting to me. And I wanted to know why. Why should I read this new book? You know, if it's already here, am I going to find the same damn uh, stuff, content here? Is it rehash? Little things like that, you know? So, all right. Sarah Williams, yeah, wanted to know, what's a good number of downloads for a new podcast? Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) I'm telling you right now, who cares? The most important thing that you should be worrying about is producing your content and putting it out there. Okay. Unless you already have an audience. See, when I came into this podcasting world, I sort of had had an unfair advantage, right? Because I already had an audience. So my downloads were up, right? But I'm in this new niche right now. All right. I don't want to mention it because I don't want to skew the numbers and doing a whole case study on it for Appendipity. But it's a totally new niche on my true passion, okay, that has nothing to do with internet marketing, right? And I'm finding those struggles right now. And I find myself looking at those numbers. Damn, they ain't where where I'm used to, right? But I got to remind myself, who gives a damn, okay? I'm building an audience. I've already gotten, you know, a few people emailing me saying, hey, great show, blah, 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 and this and that. I'm starting to line up the, the, the interviews. So don't worry about that right now. You know, worry about producing your, your stuff. And then promoting the hell out of it and then building your audience. But at the beginning, man, don't even worry about the downloads. Those stuff, uh, man, they're so whacked out anyways. I mean, you don't know what's what. So don't worry about it. Yeah, great, great advice. advice. Uh, Geo or Goo even then asked how to monetize podcasts. Oh, man. I, I had – if you weren't going to come on, I was going to talk about this because we spoke about this at the at the, at the workshop that I hosted uh, – two weekends ago, but um, I'll tell you one right now, all right? And this is the best advice that I could give you, especially when you're finding interviews, all right? Um, interviewing guests, all right? And the thing, one of the bullet points here that I'm looking at on the other screen, it says interviewing guests around a product or service. This is the best advice that I can give you to start monetizing your podcast without selling, okay? Interview guests around a product or service. I'll give you an example. Um, in episode 48 and 49 of the Income Press podcast, I interviewed two YouTube experts. One is Gideon Shalwick, who is a phenomenal uh, YouTube marketer, the go-to guy if you want to learn this stuff, right? And then the other guy is uh, JJ the Entertainer, who is a professional magician. 
who, by the way, is a student of, uh, you know, of, of Gideon Chalwick. And no one knows this, but they're two totally different people and two totally different opposites of the world as far as, you know, the niches. Now, I just released a product back then uh, called the YouTube Slicer, which is a, just a software I created, right? Uh, and instead of promoting my software, my product, I interviewed people on YouTube. And then somewhere in there, I segued the topic of, hey, why is YouTube thumbnails important? Give me the five top reasons of what makes a good thumbnail. You see, that's why I created my software. And I just simply put it right there. Now, that tactic, that strategy works the exact same way for another product, for like AWeber or Lead Pages. All right, let's take Lead Pages. If you want to promote Lead Pages, right, interview someone that's an expert at Lead Pages that is using Lead Pages like no tomorrow and see how he's using Lead Pages. See, now the object here is that you have something to put on your show notes, something to link, link back to your affiliate link. And you're selling without selling. You're making money by recommending. Guys, recommendation and relevancy is what makes the money. Okay, if it's highly relevant to them, okay, and highly related then, and recommend it, it it'll sell. Uh, so that's the best I could tell you about that. And there's a lot that I could go into, you know, monetizing a podcast, but we don't have time. Yeah, it's what you're saying about recommendation and relevance. That is totally true. Uh, the Audacity to Podcast makes more money. That's my show. Uh, that makes mm-hmm. more money from Amazon.com affiliate sales than I could make if I had a generous podcast sponsor. It's because of the things I've recommended over the years, and I'm providing relevant helpful information with a recommendation saying this is the microphone I use or this is a cool microphone. I've tested this. I like this. I don't like this. Feel free to get it yourself. And they use that link and that's making money through the podcast. Hey guys, That also also comes back to knowing your audience too. Exactly. Knowing what your audience wants. If if you know what they want, then you don't have to promote things. If you just mention it, they're going to look at it. And you don't have to shove it down their throats. That's exactly right. And this is why, you know, like, like, like Daniel, when he, he does these, and I love the way he does these videos, these, these, these reviews, you know, and guess what? If I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy it from him because he gave, I go to YouTube all the time looking for reviews. You know what I mean? And we've got a few minutes left. So I'm going to leave you with this last tidbit of advice, guys. When you never want to shove things down people's throat. People hate to be sold to, like I said, People love to be recommended, and especially if it's highly relevant. So instead of mentioning every single product, like oh, incompress.com slash lead pages, incompress.com slash this, slash that, slash that, just give them one thing to remember. Because remember, people are listening while they're working out, okay, while they're walking. I know I listen to my episodes while I'm walking around the neighborhood and I'm working out or I'm working outside. Guess, guess what, guys? Check this out. Woo, look at that. I, I made this. And guess what I was doing while I was making this? I was listening to the Fizzle guys, right? Right here. So instead of bombarding them with a whole bunch of links, give them something to remember. One thing. Hey, guys, if you want all the links and everything that we mentioned, okay, just head on over to yourdomain.com slash 51, and all the links will be there to redirect you to all the stuff that interests you. That is it. It's so much easier to do that. That way, when I'm in here, Right now, I'm telling you, I did this the other day with Fizzle, right? I said, all right, I'm going to fizzle.com, fizzle.co slash 48. 
That was so simple right there. And I went in there and I clicked on that link and I got the whatever it was that I got. Okay. And that's the last thing that I want to leave you with. Unless I got three more minutes to answer one more question, unless you want to add to that. Um, yeah, I Daniel? think we need to start working on transitioning over here to our next uh, participants, which uh, if you haven't, go over to internationalpodcastday.com slash events and check out the schedule of what's coming up next. Like next we have Ooh. Kate Erickson from Podcasters okay. Paradise and a lot of other great content still coming on this live stream. It's all right here with some great stuff. Joey, tell us again where we can get your stuff. Uh, guys, just go to appendipity.com um, or just go to, uh, uh, what is it, internationalpodcastday.com slash supporters. I have a special discount that's only for you guys here. It'll never expire. I don't do any of that, you know, uh, scarcity type thing. 40% off on any podcast themes that you want, you know, so uh, you can go there. And guys, hang on because Kate Erickson is coming on. I don't know if she's in here right now, but I'm excited for that one. Uh, she's really, really good, guys. So, and J- JLD right there. Yeah, that's, all, that's me. What's up, my man? How's it going? Yo, I, I'm just enjoying how uh, much you've been talking about how fugly my site was. I mean, great stuff. Oh, dude, that I always use that as an example because you did not worry about that. You were so worried about promoting your your content. And then it wasn't until you were way in, I think when you were actually in seven-figure mode, that you actually started updating your site. And you're still updating it. You know what I mean? It's, are these shirts, by the way. Woo. But, guys, right? so true, man. It's so true. It, yeah. You need to focus on the 20, not the other 80%. There's so many people, unfortunately, waste a lot of their time on. All right, John, um, I'm going to, you know, leave you guys here, show you guys respect and, uh, and be out, man. Well, bummer. I can't wait to hear what you guys got you for just a couple seconds. I wish we had more time. I know. Right. But we'll do this another awesome. time, buddy. Hey, cool. crush it guys. Thank you, Daniel, for having me Thanks. on. Thank you, everyone. Joey Kissimmee, peace. I love you for free out.